What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 90. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm starting to feel a little bit of a, of a tickle in my throat there. Started oh, feeling that yesterday uh, and I could feel the, the tickling, <laughs> something going on with my sinuses. I've been sneezing for a couple of days now. Mitch, I don't have allergies, so... We've done... 90 episodes now, and yeah. I would say you've come on and said some kind of illness in at least 65. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I feel like I have some like borderline hypochondria. Is that the word where you always feel like you're sick or you make up an illness even though you're not actually sick? I, I don't know, but I you have a very bad immune system apparently. I have two like disease-carrying <laughs> things upstairs. They're sleeping now, but like they are just illnesses all over the just germs and bacteria all over the place. And your wife works in a school too, so it's like a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, I just work with a bunch of government workers. We just sit at our desk and get fat, so that's all we do. <laughs> okay, seems like fun. Yeah, what's going on with you? Are you are you healthy? Um, I am healthy. I would say for the most part, I do have allergies, so this week has been kind of just like a bunch of sneezing, but it's not like. I'm sick. It's just because of the pollen falling from the trees. Right. So not that much fun, but we'll get through. It still sounds like my nightmare. Just constant sneezing. Oh, yeah. That's your favorite. It's my faves. I love it. Hashtag love sneezing. (laughs) Hashtag love sneezing. So do you have an addition for us for episode number 90? No, no one has ever worn number 90 for the Islanders. (laughs) Okay. We we have a 91. Only one, though. Only one. Yep, I only remember one player ever wearing number 91 for the Islanders, so that's How about uh, spring is here, and um, ha- we'll call it the hashtag sneezing edition. Okay. For, for no good reason, except for, I don't know, it's something I hate. <laughs> With a Fair passion. Enough. So let's get into this episode, Mitch. We have a few things that we're going to talk about. It's going to be mostly playoffs, and then kind of some things we liked and some things we disliked from this season, so... Let's start with the Carolina series. What the hell yeah. went wrong, Mitch? Not a lot, really. Well, sorry. Yeah, there's a few things that went wrong, and a few things, those few things went terribly wrong, mainly goal scoring. The Islanders could score a goal to save their life. In the first two games, they technically didn't score a goal by themselves. Right. The only goal they yeah. scored in game two was a Jacob Slavin own goal. Technically, yeah, you're right. So... It took them three games to score a goal. That's rough. Sorry, three games. Two full games they didn't score. And then in game three, they finally scored a goal. That, that was the only problem for the Islanders, really, when you think about it. That was it. They did everything else well. They had, well, I don't have it up here, just a second. 38 to 39 high danger chances for. So, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes had one extra one. No biggie. Um, and that, in in those first two games, if the Islanders would have won it, you would expect that to be a little bit different come game three or four. 
where the Islanders are in a commanding position. Um, expected goals for at 49.6 for the Islanders versus 50.3 for the, the, the Hurricanes. Like, we're, we're talking about marginal differences. Even the Corsi, 48.6 to 51.3. Like, marginal differences. But when you look at the wins column, it's four for the Hurricanes, none for the Islanders. Right. Actually, I'm glad that we're starting with this because I could pull back the curtain a little bit. And since this is on the Patreon, we. Oh, no, it's not on the Patreon. No, this is the non-Patreon We edition. do so many shows that I get confused. So anyway, this is just for all the <laughs> podcast listeners then. My apologies. So, good plug, I'm, though. Good plug. Yeah, uh, we go, let's get that in Head over to Patreon if you want. Uh, we, do, we did post-game podcasts during the regular season, but now that there are no games, we're doing uh, at least three patron podcasts per week, not including the mailbag, which we'll do after this show. Uh, so you're getting four plus this five podcasts per week for five dollars. So that's one dollar per podcast when you think about it. And that's all summer long. We ain't stopping. Can't stop. Won't stop. Islanders podcasts. Yes. There we go. Good plug, Mitch. Thanks. So what I was going to say yes. is that there's something coming out on the site tomorrow that I talk about how luck played a factor. And there's a oh, really God. good article of the athlete from the athletic that I quoted in it. So in game one and game two, yep. the Islanders were extremely unlucky. Yes. That kind of changed in the third period of game three. And then they, I mean, once you're down 3 it, it's pretty much toast. And game four, they didn't play well at all, really. But. Yeah, they in, got out PDO'd, right? Yeah. That's the that's the dumb. God, I'm going to butcher his last name. Lushizen, something like that. His last, his last name, I, I always screw up. But that was Dom's article, right? That you're referencing for the athletic? Uh no. Was that the regression article where they? He, I know he talks about PDO. I didn't. I didn't finish reading his article. Oh, uh, now I'm gonna have to go back and find it. It was forgive me. I think Sarah something perhaps. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're. I know who you're talking about. Sarah Siv is her Twitter handle. I, I don't know what her last name is. I think she's a Carolina writer. Um, but yeah, in, in game one and two, I think we, we spoke about that in our la- in last week's show before the series had wrapped up, where the Islanders weren't they're were hitting like an, a PDO of let me bring it up here if I can. Um, they had a nine five five PDO in game one and an eight seven five PDO in games in game two. Not good. Well, not good in terms of luck rating, but like you know, the Islanders have been outlooking people the entire year, and then come last two games or the first two games of the second round, they don't. And we saw that especially in game two, like how many missed opportunities or sure goals that they they let up, right? The Bovilia one, the Mayfield chance, the Komarov chance, the Eberle bar, and the, the the Pulak bar. That's all in game two. That's five what should have been sure goals in one game. That's why that that PDO is so low because they were so snake bitten. It was Shayna Goldman, by the way. Shayna Goldman. Okay, I didn't have the right person then. No, um, but yeah, the point the point being was that we noticed a difference in the third period of Game Three, and that's when the tides really turned. Like it should have, like through the first two and a half games, it should have been. At bare minimum, at least an even series with maybe even a slight edge towards the Islanders. But then after game three, it was all the way cranked over to the Hurricanes. Yeah, it's when Justin Falk, I believe, scored his, his penalty, his, his his goal right out of the penalty box to make it 3-2, I think, in game three. Yes. And then that's it. Like you saw, you saw the Corsi, I think it was the Corsi, the expected goals chart is it, just kind of even and it, it's doing its normal ebbs and flows. And then when the Justin Fulk goal happens, it just dropped like a lemming off a cliff. Yeah. So it's just not good, right? I think that this is it here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, if I could, I could share my screen with you so you could see it live. Let me just share the screen and we can get your reaction here. Okay. Let's so me. share application. Oh, I got to make the window bigger. Share. Oh. So that black bar is the expected goals for. And then you can see this is the Justin Falk penalty. And look at it drop like a like a dead person off a cliff. Oh, my God. And then just completely see on the, on the Carolina side. So for those at home who obviously can't see because this is a, a, an audio medium, what I'm looking at is the uh, Natural Statric page for the series. So if you go to naturalstatric.com and at the top left you can go games, select East because the Islanders are in the East 
turn conference and then select New York Islanders that'll give you all of their games the recent ones it'll give you all their playoff games because right now we're in the playoffs and you can select a series report for the series between the Islanders and the Hurricanes this is all free by the way this is in like behind some sort of paywall so thank you natural statric you are a godsend and within there if you scroll down you can see the Corsi comparison but you can also do an expected goals comparison within the same graph and that's where you're going to see game three just right off a cliff incredible yeah it's honestly shocking how fast it drops after that goal like it's firmly in the islander side like before this the islanders are riding uh like at at its peak at the end of game two they're riding a plus one goal differential or expected goal differential compared to the hurricanes and then as soon as falk scores it drops to the carolina side at a like a plus two bar a negative 2.5 for the islanders and then it just stays there the entire time yeah, that's crazy, actually. So th- that's it. Like, you, you had it in the spot on. Like, the Islanders were, were in this one up until the third period of, of game three, and then they just, they died. They died. They, they had nothing. Right. I, I don't want to necessarily t- take away or diminish what Carolina did either. Mm. Like, they are a really skilled team, and I think that their skill absolutely helped take advantage of when the Islanders were unable to capitalize. On their mistake, and they were so good defensively too. I mean, you got to give them credit for that. Their defensive core is one of, if not the best, in the league. So they they played a a really good series. It's just the Islanders didn't really do anything to help themselves out either. No. Do you know what I appreciate is that I'm not mad at them for winning. Like it sucks that they won. Obviously, I would prefer winning, but it's not like if you're losing against the the Pittsburgh Penguins, where you'd never hear the end of it. Yeah, I saw like the the, the, the gifts and the memes of, of people sweeping, and they're entitled to do that. They won four games straight. You're entitled to do that. But it wasn't kind of like in our face, you losers. Like, Could you imagine if Toronto had done that? Oh, my God. No, I, I, I don't want to. And I have I don't really have any hate for the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, They're a mostly fun team. They play a nice style of hockey. Yeah. Like, it's a fun game to watch whenever they play. Absolutely. So yeah, I completely agree with you. Credit to them. They played a good game or a good series. Uh, they did to us what we've been doing to the entire NHL this entire season, mm-hmm. and we just couldn't find a way out of it. Do you blame or lay blame at that 10-day break? No, I don't, because they didn't play bad to start the series. Like if they were awful and got their doors blown out in game one, then maybe I say, okay, maybe that has a factor. But the fact that they were the better team in game one, that kind of puts that to bed. No. Yeah, I I would, I would say so. And again, they were better in game one and in game two, they should have arguably gone to Carolina with a two games two uh, two nothing advantage. They didn't because Carolina were better, but man, like they, they were right there. They were right there. Um, so that just, man, it's uh, not wasted opportunity, but a lost opportunity. That's right. So it is what it is. It, it, do you have any other takeaways from from this series? Um, I'm mo- mostly here's my big thing. Yeah, I was in the moment really disappointed. I would say that night and the next day I was disappointed. And then after that, I was kind of went back to the positive with this season was so much better than expected. And there's so many positives that could be taken out of this season. Yeah. I'm going to lay this one on you, though. Okay. What This was an opportunity. I, and this isn't something I believe. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm wearing all red and I feel like I need to be all devilish right now. Um. This was an opportunity for the Islanders and an opportunity they, they potentially could have capitalized on, but chose not to. And you obviously know what I'm referencing here yes. in terms of the trade deadline. They could have gone out and acquired top talent, but they didn't on purpose. Right. Lou Lamroli even himself said it like I take full responsibility for the trade deadline. I didn't want to make those trades because I didn't want to make I didn't want to lose something that we could use later. Do you put any stock in that in that kind of in disappointment in that trade deadline saying we had an opportunity we didn't take it and we could have taken it? Uh well, I do think that their inactivity at the trade deadline cost them in this series. So, I there's no guarantee that they win the Stanley Cup if they make a move. I mean, it would it would help their chances. It's I don't know. You can't really answer this question yet. I feel like you have to see, uh, wait a couple years down the line. But 
to me, I think this was a rare opportunity where they could have went for it in a year in which the Eastern Conference was pretty open outside of Tampa Bay, who, oddly enough, got bounced in the first round. <laughs> like, no one would have expected the Hurricanes, the Bruins, the Blues, and potentially the Avalanche or Sharks in the Final Four of the, you know, in the conference finals. Right. No, definitely not. Um, t- to me, it, it you, you brought up a, a really good point with Tampa's like you could have made a trade and who knows what could have happened. Right. Like you, you could have brought in Mark Stone and maybe you would have still been here doing nothing. Right. You could have still been bounced in four games. Tampa got bounced in four games. So like it means nothing. Yeah. I a part Sometimes. of me, a part of me feels like I would be able to justify like, OK, at least they were trying for this year kind of thing. But I, I don't I'm going back and forth in my own head on it right now. So I'm yeah. kind of talking myself in circles. But my original reaction was upset that they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. So I guess I'll stick with that. Okay. And I, I'm still happy with how the season went out. They exceeded my expectations. But yep. the goalposts were moved and they could have capitalized on that. And I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't. I'm fine with them. And this was also my take during during the, the trade deadline. I'm fine with them not doing anything after the goalpost moves. I'm fine with them not having to liquidate their future to meet new expectations. I'm okay with that. Um, but we can get we can get into that a little, a little bit later in, in the in the patron podcast because I've, okay. I've got, I've got a, a cue for you there Ooh. that I want to drop on you. Teaser. Yeah. Take that. Okay. So do you want to move into some playoff performances on some expiring contracts? Yeah, because that's a, there's a lot of talk going on today about that, and and I I have one one Twitter interaction that was incredibly interesting. I had a really good good uh, interaction today, and I I want to get that not off of my chest, but I want to run it by you as well. Okay. So the first one, let's get to Brock Nelson because this is what the interaction was about. It's uh, Brock Nelson didn't have a great playoff, and that's not typically what the, the explanation or the the discussion was about. It was about his contract. Um. I figured five and a half up to six is where is where my comfort level is. Um, I was talking to JP. Let me get his Twitter handle because I think that's only fair. Uh, I was talking to JP about it today, and uh, it's at JP in VA, and he was saying that Brock Nelson at seven million dollars oh. over five years. And his argument, it's not a bad argument. He's saying supply and demand says that, you know, uh, you, we've got a, what is essentially a second-line center in a UFA market that has only three second-line centers there. Right? Like, you got okay. him in terms of Nelson, you got Kevin Hayes, and Matt Duchesne. Yeah, I'd probably put him third of that group. Sure, but, you know, if there are a bunch of teams in on a second-line center... There are only so many to go around and so many places that need to be filled, you know, that might that that should drive up the, the, the price. Uh, I, I see I, his point. I still don't think the honors will do it, and I don't think they should either. No. Um, but he makes a good point for sure. Right? Yeah. No, I I understand what he's trying to do with that. I just don't see how you can justify giving him like a $3 million raise based off of one so far outlier season. We yeah. don't know if he's going to be able to repeat this. I mean, knock on wood, you pray that this is the new Brock Nelson. This is the player he's going to be in his prime. But you don't know that for sure. So I'm not willing to dump $7 million into that big of a question mark. Well, for that long, right? Like we're going to have to sign him for, JP said five years. And I agree with the term five years makes sense. You know, he signed until he's 32. I'd give him five as well. Um, but yeah, seven years is a lot. Although, you know, my max is six. So we're really talking about a million dollars. We're talking about $5 million at this point. Really? <sighs> but I, I agree with you. Like we're talking ourselves into $7 million for Brock Nelson after one year. And his playoffs weren't that great. He was fine. Uh, even borderline even good with um against Pittsburgh but when it came to Carolina I don't remember seeing him out there no his line really wasn't good in the Carolina series they did not play that much of a factor at all so I think that kind of sticks with me a little bit 
So if we're starting this conversation with Brock Nelson, would you say he helped or hurt his contract negotiations, I guess? I think he... I don't think it did anything. I know that wasn't an option. That's a real push for me. But the reason I'm saying that is I, I keep thinking of, whenever I, th- I think of the playoffs, is I think of uh, Manchester United's former manager, um, Alex Ferguson, who wrote a memoir or a, a biography, I guess, or self-biography, autobiography. Jesus, I got terrible words today. Uh, and he said that you don't go and you, you don't go in and buy a player based on it off of a tournament performance. So if a player goes and plays super well at the World Cup, you shouldn't pay the the the, the price he's going to garner because of that World Cup. It's just a tournament. You're, you're playing a tournament that shouldn't impact what you've been able to do in the regular season because that's what you're actually buying for the regular season. Like these guys don't get paid for the playoffs, right? Remember that? They like they don't get paid for the playoffs. They might have like kickers and their contract and stuff but their salary isn't paid for playoffs this is all extra right. um so i i don't necessarily care when it comes to the playoffs when it when it comes to contract negotiations i really don't because to me it's about the regular season it's, if you can get me to the playoffs great i'm not i shouldn't have to pay you for playoff performances like if you're amazing in the playoffs great are you terrible in the regular season well that kind of sucks because there's 82 games of those and max you know 24 or something like that yeah, twenty four games in the playoffs. Yeah, that I I see that I see that point, and I would give probably the same boring answer that you just did. I don't think it really is going to make all that much of a difference on Brock. There was nothing that made you think, oh, like it was that bad. Where I don't yeah. know if I want to give him a contract, or it was nothing that good that made me say I want to give him seven million dollars a year. That's right. I said max 24. It's actually max 28. I don't know why 7 times 4 made 24 in my head. but That's okay. Yeah, but I'm right with you there with the Brock Nelson, like not hindering, but not necessarily helping his contract negotiation. And that's not a bad thing. He had a great regular season, so he's already riding high in terms of uh, contract negotiation status, you know, in terms of his production to bump up his value. He's already riding high there, so that's fine for him. That's right. Um, okay, so how about Jordan Eberle now? Because this is an interesting one. He had a very, very good Pittsburgh series. He scored, he scored uh, four goals in four games and then didn't really do all that much in the next round. No. Well, the, to be fair, no one did, right? No, no, yeah. No, that's true. Um, I kind of gave my, my, my play away right at the beginning saying I, I don't want to pay or I shouldn't have to pay for tournament performances. Um, but he with the regular season that he had, it really played into factor. Like, what are we going to pay this guy who's a thirty-eight point player? What do we do? Like, are we going to pay this guy five years? Is this guy falling off a cliff? Um, sorry, I see you want to say something. Go for um, it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think that his playoffs might have actually saved him. And maybe it's not with the Islanders, but with another team, potentially it could be. Because after the regular season, and I guess realistically before the last couple of weeks where he got hot, I guess really, if you want to go back to it. That's true. It was, I was completely fine if they let him walk. Yeah. But now I'm not completely against it. Yeah, that's like the Winnipeg game, right? At the end of the year where he mm-hmm. scored those two goals at the end or in the third period. That really turned everything around for, for a lot of us. Because then we started looking, at least myself anyways, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but at least myself, I started looking more closely towards the stats and seeing this guy's an average 50-point player in the NHL without question. The only two seasons where he isn't like in the 50s is the lockout year and this year. And yeah. I think his rookie year. Those are three, well, at least two of three are acceptable blips. One was a 42-game season instead of an 82-game or 41-game season instead of an 82. And then the first one was his rookie year, which you you never know what's going to happen there. And then this year, that's the outlier. So you're going, am I really going to dock this guy for one bad season? You know, as much as we don't want to pay Brock for um, one good season, we should be paying Jordan Eberle for consistent good seasons. Yeah. It's just a matter to me uh, how much higher you're willing to go because that's six million right now i'm not really looking to go much higher than that like over seven i think you're kind of stretching yeah you're absolutely stretching when you hit over seven and you know it gets back to what, what J- jp was saying 
right? Like if Brock Nelson is a $7 million player because he put up 53 points, then you have to think that Jordan Eberle, who's an average 50-point player, is looking at $7 million too. And if you're, Or if you're going to pay Eberle 7, then 7 isn't a far cry for Brock Nelson, who's a center, to remind you, not, not a right winger. That's right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm slowly moving towards JP, although I'm, not, I'm just not comfortable with the $7 million Brock Nelson. I get it. I get the argument. I'm just, it's like a, a hesitation, like a, a gut hesitation that I can't get to. Yeah. I just can't I, get there. I see, I see the point that he's trying to make, but that's still, the seven, that number makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, with Jordan Eberle, he, he's exactly like you said, he rejuvenated my interests. Let's say that much. Okay. How about Anders Lee? It, it it hurt. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I don't I don't think he'll he'll get less because of it because of the playoffs, but it really made you think. Just as much as when Jordan Everly started piling it on, you're looking back at his season with Anders Lee. You're like, man, he really didn't have a good year this year. Can he be that forty goal scorer again? I I know he has the potential. I know he's got the forty goals in him. He's got the thirty four. What the year before that and 25 or even 25 between that, the 34 40 year. Um, but you know, 28 led the team, still good. But you're like, can he hit 40 again? I don't think and, he ever hits 40 again. I think he could potentially be 30 to 35, but I don't think he gets up to 40 again. See, I'm thinking he could, but okay. it's it's dependent on the people around him, and it's not to say that. He is completely. Oh, he is kind of reliant on other people. Not to his fault necessarily. His his position is in front of the net. That's where he's supposed to be. And to be effective in that area, shots got to come to you. And if shots aren't coming at you, you're not going to be effective. That's like putting Wayne Simmons at the front and saying we're going to play along the perimeter. Wayne, thanks. Wayne Simmons can't play around the perimeter. That's not his game. He's no. a bang it up in front of the net, clear some space, toss the puck in front of here, and I'll put the garbage away. That's what he does, and he does it well. Same thing for Anders Lee. He's a little bit more finessey than Wayne Simmons, but you know you get the point. But if you yeah. don't have guys doing that, you're, you've rendered him effectiveless. That's just the thing, and I think part of the reason why he didn't score maybe as much as he did in years gone by is because of the Islanders' lack of offense around him this year. I think that he the reason why he thrived the last couple of years under Doug Waite is because of how offensive-minded they were. Next year, I think they take a step forward in that, probably, you would yeah. assume. But it might not go back to that 40 goals again. If you can get him in that 30 to 35, then you're probably okay giving him $7 million a year. Yeah, so... <laughs> Again, he's 28. He put up 28 this year. Um, that's still good. Like He's not far off. Um, they were terrible in the power play, but his big regression came at 5-on-5, five five, right? He scored 26 last season to 18 this year compared to the 14 on the power play and 10 this year. Like In terms of the power play, considering how terrible they were, he was okay in terms of putting in, putting in goals. Uh, it's really at 5-on-5, five five, and it's, it's really... The people around him, if they can get a good supporting cast who knows how to get how to use a player like him, like Josh Bailey, you know, he's even just there, um, that that should help him. Yeah, I would tend to think so too. But to me, one of the other things they have to do is they got to put more shots on net because that's when Lee is at his best is when he is either deflecting shots or right there to stuff home a rebound. Yeah, exactly. And and we know that that's not their, their MO with, with Barry Trotz. It's not quantity, it's quality, um, which doesn't always play into Anders Lee's game. No. So that that's that could be a problem. Um, but obviously Barry Trotz knows that. If, if we both know it, he knows it. Um, and he'll get the best out of him. And he, if, he, if he doesn't get him to a 40-goal score again, like he again, he put up 28, so getting him to 30 isn't a far cry. He just needs two. Two needs a 30-goal score. That's still incredible in the NHL. Yeah, you'd feel a lot more comfortable with you know, $7 million for a 30-goal score. But if it's a 25-goal score at $7 million, then maybe it's not. It's crazy the bet, benchmarks you set for salary. Yeah, right? like 29 goals. Oh, it's not a 30-goal score. He did one. That's one crossbar. And then you're going to lose a couple million dollars because of it? Like, come on. That's, I know, but that's how it works, though. Yeah, as crazy as that sounds, that's, that's the game. That's the game. All right, so I think we're both in agreement with Anders Lee. How about Valtteri Filippula? N- nothing like 
I, I don't think it hurt. I don't think it helped. Again, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of pushing here, but I, I think when you have to look at, at Phil Plus, like he's 35. What more could he possibly... He had a great season. Is he even going to come back next year? Maybe. Right? He's in the retirement spectrum, right? The idea of like he can retire at any day now, which means his game could fall off a cliff at any day as well. In the playoffs, he was fine against again against Pittsburgh. Against Carolina, I, I liked what he was doing. It's just, you know, his teammates around him weren't helping him either. Um, maybe it helped to show that he can still, he can play a full season and not, and not disappear. Like he's still got the legs, but yeah, he, he was pretty effective as a third line center. I don't think his playoffs really did a whole lot to change my opinion on him. I would put it to about a coin flip for if he's back next year or not. I think if you bring him back, maybe it's on another, like a one year deal for like 3 million instead of 2.75. And then maybe you take away the no move clause, please. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you definitely please take away the no move clause. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm fine with him coming back, but I'm also fine with him exploring other options uh, in, in terms of center. You know, Derek Broussard is going to be out there. He'll be 32, I think, by the time this happens or by the time free agency rolls. You could probably get him on, on on a pretty decent deal. Yeah, it's, that sounds like a pretty appealing third line center to me. Right. So that that's he's got more offensive upside. He's not super old. It's not to say that Philip is super old. He's only four years older than than Brassard, but that's four years. It's just the issue with Brassard is I think he's on like five point three million. All right, let me just check that here. Uh, sorry, he's on three million. So that's you not get a lot him for a four, maybe. He didn't have a great year production wise either. I think he put up thirty one points. Uh, he played wow three different teams right. He went to Florida. Forgot about that. Uh, he had uh, geez, what is that? Nineteen, tw- like twenty some odd points, twenty three points on the year. Oh really? Yeah, it was a lot lower than I thought. So okay, if you can get him for three million dollars, I would say comparable to even potential higher upside there. Yeah. So, so. and keep in mind between just last year he had what was that forty five points. If you can get. You know, a guy that can hit 45 on the third line as a center, you got something. And this guy's good on the faceoffs. I don't want to see his stats here, but I'm pretty sure his faceoff stats are, you know, within like 50 or 55 to 60 percent. That's a good point. So that's something. Um, okay. How about Tom Kunakle moving down the list? Peace out. Yeah, I'm okay if he's gone. This is a 13th forward who. Should not have been playing on the second line. He filled the need, and he filled it relatively well. But we can get someone else to fill that role just as well. Yeah, I yeah, fair. So, uh, do we want to waste time on either Lucas Bees or Dennis Seidenberg? God no. Okay. God, no. A, a correction on Derek Broussard. He was a forty-eight point one percent this year. He's not that good on the faceoffs. I don't know why I thought he was. All right, and I guess the next. One that is worth talking mm-hmm. about is Robin Leonard. He had a one-year deal, $1.5 million. Very good regular season. Very good playoffs. To me, it just it continued to make me want him to come back. Like That was my feeling in the regular season. That's still my feeling now. How do you feel about the lo- a lot of talk in when they lost to the Carolina Hurricanes that he was tired? He didn't show it. He still played well. <laughs> Well, that's that's what I'm I'm thinking. Like they made a lot of reference. Sorry, I just hit my desk there. He, they made a lot of reference of of him being tired and and just not being able to play those games, uh, the, that many games in a season. And you're going, he's played a lot, sure, but so did Grice. Like they played a pretty split schedule. He played a lot in the playoffs, sure, but they also had a ten day break. Yeah, ten day break. Like. Yeah. I don't think an athlete can be that tired. Maybe, but like I, I, I don't know. I think he played very well. He, I was gonna say he put up essentially the same numbers that he did in the regular season. He played eight games in the playoffs, a nine thirty six, and an even two goals against. That's great. Yeah, that's really good, and that's considering two games where they scored what five on him in game four and three on him in game four and uh, game three. So eight goals in two games. Uh well no they pulled him after three in game four right so six in two games 
that's still three goals against average and over how many shots, right? Like that's, he was low in terms of save percentage and he was high in terms of goals against in both those games. So like, I don't, I don't buy that he was tired. To me, it shows that he made it all that way. His team around, like crapped the bed around him and he still played well. Um, I want him more, just like you said, I want him more because of that. Yeah. I'm completely fine with giving him a four, maybe five year deal. Yeah, sure. I, I'm stuck on the four, um, but that that's fine. What's what's your your AAV at though? Five million. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with five. I've seen people go up to six. I don't seven, think it goes. Like, I don't think oh. it goes that high. I know some people were saying like way short term and a high money. Like I saw one eight million dollars, which that's just completely insane. But he's at one point five this year. He's not going to jump yeah. from one point five to six. I think you can maybe justify like four point seven five. He's a Vezina finalist. Yeah, I I know. Like Lou's got to look at that and say GMs voted him as one of the three best goalies at this point. One of the three. Mm-hmm. He could be the best goalie in the in the league voted by GMs by other teams making decisions on what goalie to bring in. The thirty other people you're competing against in the free market or in the free agency, just said, we voted this guy the third best in his position. So anyone who's looking for a vacancy is a potential a potential suitor for Robin Leonard in your eyes. Yeah. So you, you got if we're talking about supply and demand with Brock Nelson, we've got to talk supply and demand with this guy. No, and you're right. The supply is low and demand is high. Yeah, and that's why I'm okay with giving him five. Sure, yeah. If, if, if he'll take five, that's great. That's I'll, I'll take it. If he'll take six, that's great. Sign me up. Yeah, I would. I would be okay with that too because that's about average for a starting caliber goalie, and he's above average. Yeah, well above average. Right. So I absolutely am on board with that. So that pretty much rounds out the UFA playoff experience there. So we can transition and get into season in review. And what we'll do with this one is just some likes and dislikes from the season. Would you like to kick it off, Mitch? Yeah. Um, Do you want me to go like or dislike first? Let's start with a like. A like. Um, I like how Adam Pellick evolved into a good good defender. I really like that. That's a good answer. That's a good answer because he was kind of whipping boy at the start of the year, but he and Pulak were probably turned into their best pair. Yeah, boy, they definitely did. In my eyes, they're the first pair, and now pair number two is Letty Boychuk. I agree, but you know that I think that that's the most unheralded evolution. Like someone gave him a moonstone, and he just devolved right away. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but okay, <laughs> it's a Pokemon reference. Okay, Detective Pikachu comes out in two days, I think. Or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or Could I think. be. Anyways, I can't wait to see that. Um, My first like is yep. Casey Sezikis' season. Mm. Yeah, that's a hard one to say. Sezikis's. Sezikis's. That's a tough to get out. But his season was phenomenal. He was an impact player right from the start. He scored clutch goals all year long. He ended up finishing with 20 for the first time in his career. Career high in points. He was very, very good. Yeah, set the tone for the team. Like he was, you could arguably say he was the heart and soul of the team. I know some people say it's Robin Leonard. That that's fine. Yeah. But like the identity of this team, then at the very least, it was Casey's disease. Okay. So I want to do a dislike to each now. Uh, yeah, I really want to focus on something super minute, ridiculous. We we spoke about this in in the patron podcast on Monday. Um, and I went on like a five minutes tangent. Um, that on one specific, game? That that one play in that one game. All right, I let's do it again. Uh, the Islanders against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone remember that. It was in November, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. Yeah, it was 2-2 with like a minute and a half left in the third period. And then for some stupid reason, Brock Nelson, Ryan Pulak, uh, Jordan Eberle, and I think Josh Bailey all convened and like... If you win the faceoff, chip it up the boards. We'll get it and race up the ice and score and win. Except they don't. They win the faceoff. They chip it up along the boards. It does not leave the zone. And all three are left. What? Behind or in front of the blue line in the neutral zone. And sure enough, Tampa comes back and scores. Just the game management wasn't there. Um, 
Can I turn it into a like real quick? Okay. They learned game management because of it. They turned a dislike into a like. Because that, nice that was a good teachable moment for Barry Trotz. Okay. My dislike's a little more broad. Okay, good. <laughs> the trade deadline. No, of course. You didn't okay. like the, the, the Stan Pat trade? I did not, because it wasn't a trade. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I really would have liked them to potentially give up their first rounder and something from their prospect pool. They just had two first rounders in this past draft. Now would have been the year that you could afford to give one up because you replenished your system in last year's draft. And before the season started, they were ranked the fifth best prospect pool. So I think you'd afford it to give up a piece. And if you look at the deal that Vegas was able to get with uh, Mark Stone, I think that was a favorable one for them. They gave up a, they didn't even give up a first round pick. They gave up a prospect that they were high on. But mm-hmm. to me, I know you don't like moving this guy in a trade, but if it was a second and no adoption for Mark Stone, then I I am doing that without hesitation. Especially if he's signing that extension too. Yeah, I am buying anyone's anyone's no adoption stock all day, every day. Kid's got twenty six points in eighteen playoff games right now. He's on his way to his second Memorial Cup in two years. Well, Memorial Cup. He's going to the tournament at least. Who knows if he win it? Um, but like, man, the, the kid is on fire. Just I don't. I don't want. I don't. I can't. I can't trade him. I can't. But I okay. I, okay that it's it's your it's your dislike. That's fine. Do you have a like then? A like? Yeah. Um. Yes, I have many likes. Um. Robin Leonard. Just of course. His story, his complete package, whether it be on the ice play, huge save, his first game as an Islander, the shutout against, I think he faced like 35 shots or something crazy like that. I think, yeah, that sounds about right. And obviously the off-ice stuff. He's a really big inspiration to a lot of people. And I don't know, he's just an easy guy to root for. 100%. That's that's an easy like. Uh, My dislike, because I'm now going forward, is uh, the power play. And specifically, the super dump. Why the hell do they still do that? Why in God's name would anyone still run that zone entry play? It works about one time out of a thousand. That's a bad percentage. It's really bad. There's accurate to one one hundredth of a... I don't know. Anyways. All I'm trying to say is the super dump, if you don't know what it is, it's a forward will take the puck, or even a defender will take the puck up. Usually it's like Letty will take it up to the neutral zone, right to the face-off circle in the middle. He will then do a back pass to like someone like Matthew Barzal, who's you know, gone around the net, picked up speed, pick up, he picks up the puck, and then enters the zone, or tries to anyways. The problem with that play is that you have all of the whatever team that's defending right up along the blue line. That's four guys. And you have your own guys waiting along with those guys to get into the zone. So even if your guy gets the zone, which good luck, he's got to go around eight other players on the blue line. So there's not a lot of space. Even if he gets in, everyone else is still behind you. You are now alone in the neutral zone or in the offensive zone, hoping to find an open player. Good luck. But the problem is they never even enter the zone. They never gain zone entry because of it. So why would you keep running that stupid imbecile play? Imbecile. Jesus. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. Man, I think it's a stupid play. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. That that penalty kill is definitely up there for me. I agree. You mean the power play? That power play. Yes. I don't know yes. why I was thinking penalty kill. That's fine. Um, I have another dislike. Okay. Um, Lucas Biza. And more specifically, <laughs> okay. him, him making the team out of camp over Devontae's. Oh, that's right. I oh God, yeah, that was that, rough. If, it bothered me at the time, and him getting paid one point five million dollars for what, maybe ten games, something like that. Yeah, not great. I would have rather them give that opportunity to Taze right from the jump, and then maybe I don't know Pellick or Mayfield or someone like that is your scratch pad guy. It would have been Hickey, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, probably Hickey. You're right. But the, as Lou always says, I'd rather. Someone come up too late than too early, and he, he he'll like put that right in your face, especially with the Devin Tay situation. Going like, see, we brought him up too late, and he's killing it. He's our our pivot on the power play one. I was right. 
But no, you're right. Like, yeah, you should have brought him up right from camp. There's no reason to sign Lucas Spisa. Why in the world did you sign Lucas Spisa and then realize, like, not even 10 games into it, like, this guy is terrible? <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? I, what I told you know. you needed to bring in Lucas Spisa? Fair question. You were going to keep Devin, uh, Devin, Dennis Seidenberg on a PTO for the entire season. Just keep him around for a PTO. And then when you need him, sign him to a deal. Or call up Devin Tays anyways like you did. Like, it just didn't make any sense. Agreed. Hard agree. Um, For me, the, the, am I on dislikes or likes now? Like. Likes. God, Jesus. I had another dislike. Um, Brock Nelson. Okay. Is my, is my last like... Um, and I won't go, I won't go negative because let's end this positively. Uh, Brock Nelson's season was amazing. The fact that he was able to turn around and, and become the exact opposite type of player that we've criticized or that we thought he was was incredible. He was a two way player. He was engaged all the time. He wasn't um, just an offensive player, but committed defensively and making defensive plays at the expense of offense. That's incredible. That that was not the Brock Nelson we've grown up accustomed to. I have one more like as well, and that okay. is regular season games returning to the Nassau Coliseum, which mm. happened this year. Yep. Mitch and I were at the first, and it was a blast. We had it a lot was. of fun. We're also at the Tavares game at the Coliseum. Who? A lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you did that. Thank you. And I don't know. And that building means a lot to this fan base, so the fact that hockey was back there was really cool. Yeah, let's hope that continues next season. Oh, it is, isn't it? They they they've committed. And why am I forgetting that they've committed? Yeah, it's half and half stuff yeah. for next year. I don't know why I forgot that for some reason, but yeah. thank God that was a good remembering. Anyway, let's get into the social segment before we close this puppy out. What do you got for us, Mitch, on the social segment? Um, happy birthday to Matt Martin. You took mine, you bastard! Jesus. <laughs> It's like it's, nothing else is happening in the NHL right now, and there's one thing happening. It's Matt Martin for sure. Happy birthday, Matt Martin. He turned 30. Unbelievable. He's younger than I am. I don't remember know why. Your 30th I, I, I can't. I can't fathom in my mind that NHLers are younger than I am. Do you remember your 30th birthday? Do I remember what I did for my 30th birthday? So that was four years. I do, actually. Um, we went out to a burger joint here in town. Uh, just me and my wife. We had frog's legs for the first time. It was pretty good. I okay. never had, even as a French person, I never had frog's legs, so I figured I should. Uh, it was good. I uh, had a nice big burger, had a nice beer. She drove us back home. And when I got in the door, all of my family and friends were there, and they surprised me, and I had a heart attack. I think I should blame them for my heart issues right now. That's what it was. Could be. Could have been. <laughs> no. And that was it, was it was great. It was great to see all my friends and all my family in my house waiting for me and surprising me. I even had family who like literally hate each other. They they can't stand being in the same room. There's still all kinds of drama going on today. Um, but they did it for my birthday, for my thirtieth. So it was a special moment for me. That's really cool. That's yeah. a nice moment. Um, I did find something else for the social segment since you stole mine. Thanks a lot, Mitch. <laughs> You're lucky uh, I stole it for my birthday then. Good, good, good call by I am, you. I was scrolling while you were doing that. Still <laughs> listening, but also scrolling, multitasking. Uh, is a Robin Leonard quote. We talked a lot about him on the show, and he deserves more love. He was asked about if he wanted to stay with the Islanders, and he said, I can't state enough. I love everything about this team, which I know we heard similar things last year, and it didn't go so well, but it's it's nice to hear from Robin Leonard. I think he does like it here. I think he has a really good support system, and I hope that he stays. It's a different situation altogether between that person and this person and Robin Letter. Yes. Right? Yeah, it is. I just wanted to get on that because there was a video that came across my attention today. Uh, someone had spent a lot of time. So there it is. Isle State of Mind is at LI State of Mind um, on Twitter. And he had a video of just going through, uh, he calls it a documentary on Robin Leonard. And it's just going through film after film after film with Robin Leonard and, and look like putting it all together on YouTube. So just go to their Twitter feed and, and check out that video. Awesome. If you want to get hyped on Robin Leonard. I'm going to do that right after we sign off this podcast. There you to go. Be honest with you. So with that, let's get some plugs out of the way. Mitch mentioned it earlier in the show. If you're not already, please make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. We 
normally do post-game content for five bucks a month, but since it's the summer, what we're going to be doing now is deep dives on other topics, like Mitch mentioned. So far, we did a season in review over there. We're about to record our mailbag show after this. We have some other interesting stuff coming out this week and for the rest of the summer, really. It's going to be about three to four shows a week for the Patreon alone. Minimum. Minimum. And if other stuff happens along the way, there'll be more content there. You can also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, or download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. And I think that's everything, Mitch, right? That's everything. That's where you can get us. If you go on the website, just click on everything like a billion times, please. Just just a billion times. That'd be Only great. Only a Thanks. billion. Yeah. That seems completely reasonable. So with that... <laughs> That'll wrap it up for episode number 90. Thanks so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.